Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number 49 of the Iowa Music Podcast. Bit of an interesting one. Uh, I was recording this on Monday, August 10th at noon. And uh, just towards the end of the episode, started hearing some rumbles of thunder. Power starts flicking a little bit. Uh, You'll hear my wife, Molly, call multiple times at the end where my phone was going off because she was... Closer to the storm than I was, and uh, little did we know, things were about to get insane. If you're listening outside of Cedar Rapids or outside of the state, uh, Iowa was affected by a weather phenomenon called the derecho, which no one has ever heard about until now, but we sustained 100-plus mile-an-hour winds for 30, 40 minutes, and our town received some insane destruction. So uh, that was the last normal thing I did before the derecho was this podcast episode and I've held on to it for a little bit. I hope now everybody has some power and is trying to find some normalcy to their life. But, uh, uh, my hearts are out to everybody. We've all been affected. And, and I think the music community has been so amazing because we've seen that musicians have reached out and gone around with chainsaws and, and helping each other out. So that's been amazing. It's It's been a weird, weird couple weeks, and I love to miss all you guys. So enjoy this episode. Maybe find a little bit of uh, return to normalcy, if you will. So without further ado, let's hit it. Only tears in the rain. I can take the stress and leave to fight another day. You can light it up. You can light it up. everybody we are back for podcast iowa music podcast episode number 49 we're hitting 50 here soon man it's crazy crazy life but uh i have a good friend with me i i I wanted to go a little outside the box on this and then i'm also realizing that as i say good friend i've never actually said his last name before and you know you got a last name like me like schulte sometimes people are like schulte or schultz or you know but like tc come on man you have a you have a crazy last name, and I don't think I've ever heard you introduce yourself with your last name. So I'm going to give it a shot, and you tell me how close I am here. All right. All right. Uh, I'm going to say your last name is Van Horwish. You nailed it. No, for real? No, that wasn't even close. I know, not even close. What, what, <laughs> what is your last name, TC? Van Hushkenisheisen. For real. <laughs> Van Horwich. Van Horwich. Van Horwich. It's Belgian. Belgian, okay. Belgian. That's why I go by TC, though. What's your first name and your middle name? Oh, if you would have had me on on podcast episode 50, I would have released that bomb. But <laughs> That's for unless, another one. <laughs> unless it's the government calling. No one no one calls me by the first name, so TC ah, it is. Ah, okay. Well, we will stick with TC. And and it's good to have you here, TC. Um, yeah, for for, for those me, who don't know who you are, because they may not know who you are, um, but you are part of an, a giant entity in not only the state of Iowa, but now the Midwest, the world, the rest of the nation. Um, a band called originally called Brazilian Twins, now going by B-Twins. You've probably heard either or we'll get into that later. But you're currently the manager for that act. And, and honest to God, if you haven't heard the name B-Twins or Brazilian Twins, you're living under a rock because in my opinion – I think they're one of the biggest acts in Iowa, let alone uh, the Midwest. Um, 
playing shows around the world, around the country, throwing out insane content. Um, I looked up some stats for you. 34,000 followers on on Facebook, 14,000 followers on Instagram, 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. And I mean, like countless viral videos. I I mean, I, I don't even know if you've kept up on that and I'm sure we'll get into it later, but, but TC is essentially the glue that holds this all together. Um, uh, and, and it's been really cool to not only get to meet those guys, but get to know TC and see how they work. Um, so before we get into all that nuts, I mean, what, what's your story, man? How did, were, were you into music? Do you play music at all? How, how did you, how did you even start down this musical that, management world? That's a good question. So first, thanks for the kind words. It's been a, a crazy ride and journey and we're literally just learning as we go and trying new stuff. But yeah, I, uh, I grew up not playing a single instrument. I hated music class. I was all in sports, music. I listened to it, but I was never into actually playing it. And then I went to University of Northern Iowa, and I met these two guys on campus who were identical twins. They couldn't speak a lick of English. Everyone loved them. They were just the life of the party everywhere they went. I was like, I got to meet these guys. So it started out just saying, what's up, what up on campus, because they literally couldn't speak any English. And they would break dance in the clubs and that, and so we just became really good friends. We'd go out to the the bars and that, and uh, uh, get into some trouble. <laughs> yeah. But the, as they got further along in college, they they because uh, they were there on full ride music scholarships. So brief divergence, a uh, little background on them. They came from the slums of Brazil, playing classical music on violins that their dad made by hand. And uh, the place they grew up in was really dangerous and really poor. They saw a lot more of their friends get killed than they did graduate school or get married. So the neighborhood they grew in was really rough, but they found solace in uh, classical music and they hated classical music, but that was kind of their thing. And so as they got more attention, they started traveling around the world playing with their orchestra. And then they got picked up on NPR radio and got invited to Iowa for the world food prize. Uh, This was like 12 years ago. And the president of university of Northern Iowa saw them and said, we got to give these guys a scholarship. So he brought them. They had the equivalent of like an eighth grade education, couldn't speak any English. Oh my god! Uh, and they were like, yep, let's go to the U.S. So we met on campus. How, how old were they when they came over here? When that happened? 20, 22. Okay. 22. Um, so yeah, we met on campus and became really good friends. They started coming over to my parents' house for holidays and that. And I was studying political science at the time, which was fun, but I thought there's no way in hell I'm going into politics at all. So I better find out what I want to do after college. Uh, So they said, Hey, this music thing, we're starting to get a little busier. Do you want to help us out? So I had to basically learn how to market, sell them and get them involved in new markets, get them on the road, package them up as a a product and try to make some money with this whole music thing. I mean, had you done anything like that before? Uh, I mean, you're literally just going, Hey, I'm a warm, caring guy who, who fell in love with these, these, these friends of mine and, and wanted to take care of them. And then they trust you and you're saying, well, I want to, did, did you feel like any, um, you didn't want anyone else to take over this project cause they might try to screw them over. It was, what, did that have something to do with it? <laughs> um, yeah. Let, for the record. Yeah. That was why. I, right. I right. Right. Yeah. No, it was more, uh, we were such good friends. Yeah. Like practically brothers. Like we got along so well and I thought this would be fun to work with your friends and, doing something in music and entertainment is a lot more fun than trying to go out and get a job. But yeah, I had no experience in 
marketing, sales, branding, promotion, management, production, like zero. <laughs> Literally nothing. Yeah. And what's cool is they have really big aspirations and dreams. And still to this day, they're constantly telling me, let's do this. How do we do that? We want to do that. And I got to get on YouTube and figure out how the hell to do it. Well, that that's incredible because I was actually thinking about it today where sometimes when you're that um, talented of an artist, whether it's music or whether it's whatever, like you, your, your brain dedicates so much power towards just this creative thing that you you almost you need to have someone like help, like wrangle you and take you around and and I I kind of I think that's why we got together in the first place is because I kind of took that role with pork tornadoes uh, where yeah. where you know I I saw the talent of the band and I'm like I want to help take this to the next level was that how it was with you Yeah yeah that was a big part of it and to anyone listening that's in music that doesn't have a manager it, it can be kind of a dirty word because we always hear these stories about. Right. these managers that screw people over. But if you find someone that you vibe with and genuinely cares about where you're going and what you're doing, it's a, a monster team. And like you said, there's, there's so much to do outside of music if you want to do it full time and be profitable and successful with it. So you have to have someone at the helm and preferably someone that isn't involved in the music because then <laughs> all of their time can be spent on branding and selling and marketing and, and driving that machine. But if they are involved on the music side, even better because then there's this synergy between, you know, making what you're doing in the band match with um, scaling it and, and the business side of it. Right. Right. So, so that, that's maybe where my jealousy comes in a little bit on your end is that you're like, <laughs> you're, they just go, Hey, TC, jealous, figure this Mike. out, TC, figure it out. And you go, cool. I got it. And then they just focus on the music. So that is, that's got to be pretty incredible. Um, when, when you first started doing this, I mean, you weren't, were you going full time right off the bat when they asked you to do that? Or were you guys all kind of working side jobs still and trying to they, hustle? They've, they've always done music full time. Okay. Since uh, even in Brazil, they were doing weddings six days a week for 15 years. So they've done well over a thousand weddings, but they've always done music, 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 music. And I kind of dabbled in some other stuff. I built a mobile app and managed a gym. I did some personal training. I did sort of do some more sales stuff um, back when I first got out of college, just because I didn't know what I wanted to do. But once we started dialing in where we could have revenue streams come in from, and then it was like, okay, I could put a little bit of time into this thing I'm having a bunch of fun with, and maybe it'll go somewhere, right. or I can put a ton of time in it, and we can make this thing go somewhere. So it, it was tough for, I mean, still is tough, as you well, know, yeah. doing music. But uh, the more time we put in, the more results we got. So that fueled it into, all right, we got to work a lot harder on this. We got to go full time onto this. So, yeah, you kind of eat crow for a few years to... <laughs> yep to establish it. It was brutal at the beginning. Well, it's building but, a business. Uh, it's like, it's like opening a restaurant or a bar. I mean, you cannot just go, I'm a full-time musician. And then like, I make all this money. I mean, you can't, it doesn't start like that. <laughs> I, I think opening a restaurant or a bar would have been a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> but, but maybe true. Yeah. So, so then, so when, when was this, when this started, when you, you guys officially went full-time and said, let's do this. What year was that? Uh, 2000. 11 into 12. Okay. And, and, and what, what were you doing at that point? Were you mainly just trying to book these guys wherever you could get them? Uh, were you trying, were you getting out of state at that point or were you just kind of building up the, the local? Yeah. Well, at that time we were in uh, Waterloo Cedar Falls. And so you kind of quickly learn, you know, this, the constraints of a market. 
So we started to branch out around Iowa, but uh, it was with music. There's a, a couple paths you can take. And I think the reason music isn't profitable for most acts is because they restrict themselves into, we got to play this type of music only in this type of venue or setting only, which is fine. Yeah. But it, you're also closing the door on opportunities to make money in other markets. So we, we started pivoting like, okay, they did some luxury weddings. What if we developed a side of them just for weddings? What if we developed a side of them just for corporate uh, stuff? What about just festival stuff, just venue stuff? So we actually built four or five totally different brands for each of those respective markets. And it, it, it was good because we were exploring, you know, all these new revenue streams and new markets and we were able to grow outside of Waterloo Cedar Falls. Um, but at the same time, it was causing some confusion in terms of the brand because people would see them at a wedding and think, right. oh, you guys do classical music at weddings. It's right. like, no, we also do original music and we do festivals and we do club shows and all that. Um, but still, we were pulling fans in from all these places, people that might not go to a live music venue to see them, saw them at this highbrow corporate event. It's like, right. oh my gosh, you guys are a lot of fun. And it's like, yeah, hey, come check us out at this place. Come and see our see real show. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was a, a little bit of a nightmare on the branding side, but I think the on the macro, it worked better because we were extending that net a lot further and we were pulling people in from everywhere. And now our demographic is... Oh, it's so vast. Yeah, yeah. You guys, uh, you're, the demographic for B twins right now, I think is is so extremely diverse. Which I think is why you have so many followers, is because you know you're you're appealing to young kids because you're playing the modern pop songs, but then you're like appealing to middle age because because of just how energetic and good you are for you know like wholesome and and good role models. But then you're like some of the stuff you did with the. Uh, where you guys were going to like uh, nursing homes and, and during, even during COVID you were, you were stopping by and like playing music for some elderly folks. I mean, that, that is a testament to, to what you guys have built. Like why, why put yourself in this narrow little box? Why not open up all your avenues? Right. Yeah. And what's, what's unique about the twins is they got such big hearts and they're so authentic on and off stage. So everything they're doing, it comes from a, a wholesome place and a place of like them genuinely wanting to do something, a project, a song, a cover, a video, going to the elderly homes. So I think that authenticity people vibe with and they see like, man, these guys are actually genuine and everything they've done, like we, they went to a nursing home and played and those videos were amassing like, yeah. a million plus views on TikTok and Facebook and that. And it was like, I just happened to shoot it with my cell phone. We weren't even planning to shoot the content. And then happenstance, it went up and went viral. So not always assuming there's going to be something coming, like doing something for the results. They were doing things genuinely because they like to. And I think that's what's fueled a lot of their uh, a lot of their uh, success. Well, I mean, that's a great point because uh, the first time I met you guys, I we were actually just talking about this. Where I think we that? played a we played a show. Gosh, was that like that barbecue thing in Waukee, like the first year? So maybe 2016, 2017, you guys were opening up for us, but but we had heard of each other, but I don't think we ever met. And I'd seen videos and, you know, you're like just this insane. I mean, first of all, if you haven't seen a B-Twin show, like the energy is 
like it makes me tired watching them how how, the uh, how off the charts like insane jumping around they are and i'm thinking oh whatever you know because you meet so many people that it's a, it's an act and it's just yeah. you sure yeah get up on stage and then do this and then walk off stage and yell at people but no i mean from the minute they showed up it was the same um, energy and same kindness that they that they give off on stage and and that is noticeable because if you if you're filming videos, if you're like setting up this, let's go to a nursing home and it'll be great because it'll it'll go viral and people will see how cool we are. If you're doing it under that premise, people can tell. But but when you're actually genu- genuinely, whether five people see this video or not, you don't care because you did a good deed. That's that's how I view your whole entity, really. Yeah, and that's, I think, why it's I'm so involved with them as I am because of that authenticity and it feels so good and right and natural and we're really good friends. So, uh, that's kind of helped expose us to, uh, a lot of new opportunities because it's like whatever they want to do and they feel drawn to, I just totally trust them. (laughs) Well, at this point you kind of have to, right? They've been right about a lot of things and yeah, I let them steer the ship and I just do the, the dirty, dirty, but Mike, we actually, people may not know this. We, we were bumping elbows at the hub, way back in the day. That's where we were cutting our teeth. Well, me, you mean me and you or like, like B twins no, well, like or tornadoes. The tornadoes yeah. and the B twins. Like that's where they first started playing. Their first show public show was at the hub. Was it the hub or was it fourth and main? Had it already become the hub at that point? Yeah, it was the hub. Okay. Yeah, we're not that old. Well, so it, what, what's, <laughs> I think what, I think one of the, not only was that bar special uh, and so many people reminisce so about it, but I think the reason it was so special is if you think about the talent that came through, um, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you had pork teas, you had B twins, you had like the school dudes, Ben Haggerty, yeah. you had good cop, rad cop, you had so many incredible, nice musicians that were good at what they did that wanted to just put on good events. And I think that that whole mindset and club just sort of propelled a bunch of people into different directions. I mean, look at yeah. Ben Haggerty out in LA doing crazy things. You guys, pork teas, it, it's it's a it's a time capsule almost that that bar was. It is, yeah. Shout out to Marcus. He built a awesome environment there, and he let so many new groups experiment there. Like to play a ticketed show in your hometown <laughs> right. when you're just starting out is like, whoa, oh holy God. shit! Like pressure's on, yeah. So that, that's so cool to have. And he was given like Thursday, Friday, Saturday oh, yeah. nights. I mean, yeah, primo day. He's turning down like uh, regional touring acts yes. to let uh-huh. some some kid play on stage for his first show. Yeah, so cool. I love that stuff. Oh yeah. Especially when you're starting out, you got to take, you know, I mean, at the time they look like risks looking back, it seemed kind of silly. But that, those are the little stepping stones that move you up the ladder. You know, so, you master your hometown and then you can branch out. So let me ask you this, if if somebody out there's listening that 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 you know, they're taking all the right steps. They they've got a great product. They've got a good band. They think they they're covering a, a part of the market that that can really warrant uh, some some awesomeness. Um, you know what what is that ne- what, what what was that moment for B Twins where you went from just a you know okay we're we're doing good things to where you you really felt like you started taking those next steps uh, and and the risk was kind of high but the reward was high and you pushed it. I mean, what what were those next steps that you guys remember taking that maybe somebody else might be looking at? Uh. And I say this with love, but get the hell out of Iowa. Like, Boom. I, and I that's the Iowa. end of the podcast. Thank you, yeah. everybody. <laughs> well, I grew up here. I, I I love Iowa. I think it's a great place to raise a family and all that. But for music, 
it's, it's rough. And the more you get out and travel and conquer regionally, nationally, the bigger you'll be at home. So we started touring. It started in the college market. Um, but we just wanted to like get on the road and get out. So we were picking up dates in Florida and Texas and New York and Pennsylvania, like literally anywhere that would take anywhere. us. And yeah. then all of our fans back home saw, whoa, the guys are touring. Whoa. They're, they're touring. And then we would come back and we'd only play, you know, a couple times a year. And when we did, we would get these big swells of fans because we weren't playing and they knew we were out touring. And then so it just kept fueling itself. And, and so getting out of your comfort zone, as lame as that sounds, it's so true. And even if you're playing, you know, 100 seaters in New York, you're still playing in New York. And it's it doesn't have to be New York City. Yeah, it's the yeah, perception it's a, of that. Even if there were, even if it was a terrible show and barely anyone came, you yeah, still went and played a show a in New York. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty much your life when you get out of the state right away, isn't uh, it? <laughs> but then that, then it builds. You know, then you'll get asked back to an area um, like Washington State, Alaska. Those have been really good to us. We keep getting asked back there to do bigger things, and then it's like each year the tour builds, and you yeah. get doper shows with more people, and they pay better. And then people at home are like, oh, my gosh, they're out touring again. And so I think getting out of your home state or home city for sure, but get out of your home state and play some shows. Yeah, starting on a small level, stop playing your hometown. Move move out to yeah, an stop. hour away, two hour point. away, three hours away. We've always talked about how how we've just played less and less in the Cedar Falls, Des Moines, Cedar Rapids markets. And we've been on the same path where the less we played, the bigger the shows get. And yeah. it's kind of hard mentally to say, well, I'm turning down that once a month paycheck. But then you go, but wait, hold on. What about that three times a year paycheck that's even bigger than you expected it? So yeah. Yeah, that make that makes us miss you, Mike. I know. Oh, we miss the poor. Oh, teams. I miss those guys. Where are they coming back? <laughs> so, so before all this, you know, COVID stuff hit. I mean, how many shows a year were you guys playing? And and you were you were hitting multiple countries, weren't you? Um, we haven't done any international stuff in a bit, but last year we clocked 153 shows. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, Thirteen or fourteen states, I think. Yeah, it was. It was a ton of fun, but at times it was like, wow. Well, like go, when, go, you, go. when you guys played the, uh, I, I thought that was one of the coolest things ever is, is you guys got asked to play the Alaska state fair, like yeah, the state, state of Alaska, the country, best way. state fair in the country. And you guys played, what was it like 13 days in a row, twice a day or something like that? Two, two to two to three times a day. Yeah. That, that one, we did 40 shows in oh a little God. over two weeks. Well, and, and if you remember, uh, you guys came home from that. You had just gotten home, and that day we played together again in Waukee. Yeah, and the, and right. you guys roll up in the van, and the boys get out. We're like, "How was Alaska?" And they're like, "We we ne- we do not talk about Alaska right now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was uh, as you know, summer is like you take every yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday you can get. So from uh, June through September, it's like we're never home. You forget where you live, but I wouldn't have it any other way. It's been it's been. Kind of sad not doing that this year, but it's it. also um, opened up the door for a lot of other opportunities. So, so what have you guys uh, been doing? I mean, once you once you realized this was going to be a big deal and this was going to really shut down. I mean, I mean, I knew from the start you had that feeling in the pit of your stomach that you know people are like, oh, by May we'll be back up, and I just I was in the other side going, oh yeah. man, this might go the whole year, and it's going to so, be rough. So once you realize that, what what? What steps did you guys start taking to transition and what have you been doing to, to keep your fan base and to keep putting out content 
um, just to keep yourself sane? What have you been doing? Yeah. So funny story. We, uh, we had actually planned this past winter. We're like, we had some things popping off in Los Angeles. We've been going out there a lot more over the years. So we thought let's, let's like move out there for two or three months. So we had planned to go to Los Angeles and just stay out there, boots on the ground, you know, knock on doors, make things happen on the, the original artist music side of things, music industry. And uh, we landed in LA on March 5th. Oh, oh yeah. We Cause were we were going to be out there March 1st. Yeah. And, and we then our trip eight, got canceled. Oh it, shit. Yeah. Yeah. We were there eight days oh. and we kept watching the news and it was like, yeah, this might be hyped up by the media. And then they started shutting things down. Our meetings were getting canceled. And we thought like, maybe we're going to get trapped here and like, they're going to close the interstates. So we didn't even take the rental car back. We just like canceled the rest of our Airbnbs and our flight. And we drove back oh, from Los Angeles to Iowa, like straight. We stopped and in, wait like, in a rental car. Like you rented it in from a rental there. car. Yeah. And I couldn't get a hold of enterprise. I was like, I'm not bringing this back to LAX nope. in two months. I'm taking it to Iowa. <laughs> Cause we didn't want to fly. And it was just like, we had this big plan to like go to LA and, we're going to do it in the music industry. And we like set our goodbyes. This is finally like, it, right? Like our this wives is the and next misses step. And <laughs> a week later, we're like, yeah, we're coming home. <laughs> oh my God. What, like, what are the chances of that timing right there? We, we literally picked the worst month in the history of the United States to, to do that. Oh, it, was so, it was so funny though. Do you, do you think, uh, do you think things are a little, I mean, obviously things are different now. I mean, you know, we're not yeah. even playing shows right now, but do you think like this time next year, let's say things do kind of go back to normal, would you would you read take that chance or are you gonna are you gonna be of the camp of where we're sitting back and we're waiting and we're seeing oh, no, what the whole music business is? We're we're already eyeing when we can get back out right. there this year. Um obviously the plan will have changed. Uh but yeah, we once we knew we weren't gonna be playing much this year, you know, we started seeing dozens of dates come off the calendar. Yeah. We got over that depressive episode <laughs> that we went through. Yeah, April was like, and that's usually when everything gets solidified. Oh, that's, March, yeah, April that's is when your like, summer's crazy. That's you just refresh your inbox waiting for the yep. year to stack yep. up. And it was like nothing. And we had contracts getting canceled left and right. So we thought, okay, let's, let's try to get out ahead of this. And we really dove into making content and also writing a lot more original music. Oh, cool. Yeah, playing that many shows last year, 150 shows, we had like zero time to release any new music. We were just trying to get a paycheck and tour as much as we could. So now they've been in the studio and writing and we got dozens of songs ready to come out. So it's it's been a blessing in that we needed to work on this to really elevate to that next level. Right. Um, and we just didn't have the time. So this has given us this gift of like putting everything on pause so that we can dive and go all in on original music and content creation. Do you still have um, avenue like uh, uh, revenue streams coming in? I mean, obviously shows being a big one, but how, how have you guys generated any any funds over the last couple? Yeah, months? It's, it's been tough. We uh, we've kind of had to pivot away from that, and you know, try to find other revenue streams. But we've kind of just been sitting back, and instead of going in panic mode, we're trying to right. set up next year. Yep. So rather than scramble now, it's like, all right, let's just, you know, slow down on our spending yep. and try to live frugally um, so that we don't have to go out and get jobs. Uh, and then that's going to take time away from the original content, music creation, all that. So we're really working on what is 2021, 22 right. going to look like. So getting our 
our agents to, to book us as much as they can. And, you know, me looking for more stuff and uh, kind of working on the relationships we've built out in Los Angeles and abroad on what that next step's going to look like. How have you, how have you guys stayed relevant uh, at least in front of your fans, you know, without getting out and doing shows or releasing new songs and stuff? I mean, people, people tend to fade away, but, but I know you guys have stayed really active on social media. What, What have you been doing? Yeah, we've tried to. We um, so a couple things. We we started uh, this thing called Quarantunes back in March or April, where we would just put out covers, originals, just content, video and song content um, online. And then we started doing live streams. Uh, Sunday nights we'd go live. Uh, we've kind of fallen away from that a bit, but we have two live shows that we do a week. Tuesday mornings it's called Double Shot coffee with the twins and we talk about good news only all the positive things going on in the world so zero music it's just about looking for the good in the world instead of focusing all the negative news and bs and drama Um, and that show's gotten a ton of really good feedback Um, we got nominated for a a hashi award an iowa social media award for that show really which is pretty cool yeah Yeah. and then um thursday nights we do this happier hour wine with the twins they get drunk on cheap wine (laughs) just goof around and again no music so it's been cool to explore that personality branding side away from just always playing songs because every musician was live streaming and it was so saturated so we're like let's not go on and play music let's hang out with our fans let's connect let's you know stay relevant but connect with each other also and we've gotten a ton of awesome feedback from those fans about those shows because it's just a way to unplug from the world and focus on the good somebody once told me i wish i could remember who it was but they said as you get more popular for your music um people nowadays really want to get led into more of the personal side you know it's such a you know like you can follow your favorite people on instagram now and you can see inside their world and and people really seem to want that have you gotten some some uh some just great feedback from just allowing people into their world yeah i think there's a lot of truth to that i'm glad you brought that up there uh we there's so much glitz and glamour and mirrors especially the music business and that and that's cool it builds up you know the hype but that authenticity and real world nitty-gritty stuff is what people like and so the twins are really good about showing that side of them too. And I think it just helps you connect with your fans more. We started um, this service. It's like a text service. So um, it's their twins, real phone number. It comes to their phones and it lets people text them. Oh, really? Through. Yeah. Uh, We cut through all the noise of social media and comments and it was just getting out of hand with TikTok and GMs and Instagram and comments. And it's like a full-time job for them to keep up with it. So, um, I, we got this service where you can text them. So now from their phone, they're texting people back and it's just that one-to-one interaction. And and has that been pretty popular? Like what's some of the stuff that's come through just people saying hi or saying we love you. I mean, what's coming through? Yeah, we've, they've gotten some pretty personal stuff. Wow. People really opening up. Um, I won't. Oh yeah. You don't have to share the details, but yeah, some of the stuff like give you goosebumps, make you tear up kind of thing, which is really cool that people, view that relationship the way they do. And also they can feel, they feel they can open up on that platform and you would never get that on, on social media. No. So that's been a big blessing. No, the social media is just like either, Hey, nice work or, or tearing you down like negative comments where I'm sure, you know, every once in a while we'll get that, that personal 
story will come through somehow. Somebody will message and say, well, you'll never believe what what your song did to help me through this. And though that's the stuff that really, if you ever question being an artist or, or making it through all this terrible mm-hmm. stuff, like that's the stuff that really makes you feel like you're doing something. Amen. No kidding. So looking, looking back, I like this, this is more for me and I'm sure some of these people want to hear it, but with you being the guy that's like, running this stuff and, and filming videos and, and coming up with ideas. What are some of the things looking back that you think made the biggest impact in, in fans in views and like, like what are those things where you look back and you go, I can't believe we did that. That was the best thing we ever did. Oh man. Uh, definitely putting out as much content as we can. And it, it sucks. Cause I mean, even now we'll put stuff out and, you know, you get kind of discouraged from the few count and that. And, but then you'll get a message from someone, like you said, that's like, oh my God, that song, yep. you know, changed my life. Or I'm so glad you put that out. I need that smile today, whatever. So I think the consistency in the content made the biggest difference. You know, and then like I've been pushing them, we got to get on TikTok, we got to get on TikTok, <laughs> we got to get on TikTok. And they're like, ah, we don't want another, another platform to get on. And that was our fastest growing platform in the shortest amount of time. We, got more followers on there in three months than we did on all the other platforms combined in six years. Wow. So, but again, if we didn't put out content and keep, yeah, you can't just start the account and go, Oh, here's our account. And then we don't put any videos out. Exactly. So I I think the biggest difference and it's been happening, you know, over the past few years is just keep posting stuff, keep posting stuff, keep posting stuff, pictures and quotes and videos and, and not just music stuff either. Because as you know, you'll work your ass off for a music video and post it, and it does all right. And then you post a picture, and you're like, hey, I'm having this chicken salad. It's like (laughs) doubles the amount of engagement. It's like, what are you doing? We do music. Have you found the secret recipe? Because I can't figure it out. Like, Why why, why are some videos just don't get any views and some go into the millions? Like, what what is it? Fate, luck, curse. (laughs) Was something... I don't know. Yeah. But you're right. I th- you hit it on the head earlier. You said, you know, like it seems like uh, people want that authenticity and they want the, who you really are right. outside of the music. And I think when you're really authentic and you're showing people your true self, it always outperforms Yeah, the videos that you pour a ton of time and money into. <laughs> yeah. And the, I, it's I, unfortunate. I, I just don't know, man. I'll, I'll be the first to admit that I think something is so incredible and great and we do it. And it's like, blah, whatever. And then something that I am not passionate about, like the Tennessee whiskey video. I was like, this is terrible. Incredible. No one cares about this song. And then bloop, there it goes. What, what's That's some amazing. of the, I was trying to keep track of some of the viral videos you guys have had, um, but it's virtually impossible. I mean, if you start going through your stuff, it'll just be, you know, a couple thousand views, a couple thousand views, 500, a couple thousand views, a couple thousand views, 2 million. I mean, yeah. what, what, what were some of the, cause I know you had the nursing home video where you guys basically just went and tried to share some, some happiness to a nursing home. I know that one went viral. Wasn't the, the original one that went nuts for you guys was the, uh, the dueling violins, like the violin battle. Yeah. Yep. That was a good one. Um, it was like a Lady Gaga song. And again, it was one camera on a tripod. <laughs> 
and then I had a running camera and I just cut it together real quick. Cause I was like, Hey, we should put a cover up. Let's just put something. And it was, not, it wasn't good at all. And it like <laughs> exploded online. It had like 2 million views. It's like, why? And then we pour all this money yeah. effort into an original and it just sits there. Yeah. You, like, you're, man. you have $10,000 into multi cameras and drones on 10,000. <laughs> I, I need to hang out with the poor tornadoes. Yeah, right, got money. <laughs> but anything, anything with like kids and old people seems to explode. Well, and you were even so. getting to the point where I didn't know this world existed until um, until kind of Tennessee whiskey, and then when we did that um, thing with the drumline in Minnesota, where mm. these other sites yeah. are are ta- they're seeing how popular your video is, they take it, they steal it, and then they put it up on their site that has four million followers. Have you seen some of that where your videos have gotten taken and putting up elsewhere? Uh, yeah, they usually ask us, they're okay, about yeah. asking us or I'll reach or out and credit. try to get them posted. Yeah. yeah. But you, you guys just get taken. Well, you know, luck, luckily some smart people taught me in the beginning was to always have your logo in the video somewhere. Yeah. So like, even if they take it, people can Let pretty much look at it and go, who is this band? And you know, uh-huh. most people will give you credit, but there's a lot of, uh, stealing of, of content nowadays. Nobody seems to care. About yeah, copyright. I don't. I don't care. Yeah, yeah take it. I, I hope everyone steals our content. Yeah, and posts it and shares it and likes it. And we've <laughs> we haven't really focused on monetizing. You know, like putting ads up in front of all our YouTube videos and stuff yet. Um, mostly because we just want people to see the content right. vibe with the brand, and we'll just crank out as much as we can instead right. of putting everything behind a paywall. Yeah, totally. That that, that turns you off when you're. 30 yeah. seconds into a video and they're like, wait a minute, watch this Another ad. Another ad. Cause yeah. you know exactly what they're getting at. And you're just like, come on, man. I don't, I don't need to watch this. So, uh, so what, I mean, what's next, you know, we're, we're talking about getting into the, the end of the year here. Um, is it churning out, churning out? Are you going to get in the studio and start recording some of these original songs? We're going to, we're going to stay in the studio. Okay. They've Cause you've been, already been there. Yeah. They've been recording most of this spring and summer, which has been good. And they've just, been trying to write as much music as possible we've done a few writing sessions the three of us uh we used to book airbnbs in town which was a lot oh of yeah fun, just to like get off the grid and shut our phones off and uh we just spent like three or four days writing so one of the twins he's producing a lot of the beats and then he'll bring us beats and song ideas and then we just start throwing in lyrics and we'll write different melody arrangements and and all that and so that collaborative effort, I think, is what we'll keep doing the rest of this year and try to record as much as we can. You know, if we get another 20, 30 songs recorded this year, yeah, I'd be uh, over the moon with that. And then then see how it goes. I mean, do they have an actual album that people can check out and listen to at this point of original music? Oh, yeah, yeah. They got probably 20-some songs on Spotify and, and YouTube. B2WINS. Yeah, the original music. And I think... I don't know. Do you guys do original music, Mike? No, uh, we, we, you know, we, we've always talked about it cause it would be so much fun, but you know, that the band was always, Portraits was always started just for fun. I mean, it was, yeah. it was meant to be just playing covers, not putting as much time into it as you would an original band. We all have our kind of original avenues that we go through elsewhere to get that. Uh, but man, you know, I, I, I never say never on that stuff, but you know, we're all pretty content with, with what we do, people know what we do. Th- that is our brand. Is just whatever we're playing. You guys covers. do it well, but, but I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even call them covers. Well, like renditions. Renditions. Okay, there yeah. you go. I like that. Yeah, cover to me is like note for note, word for word, mirror it. And you guys do really cool renditions, and you make it your own. So you guys found a sexy way to 
do covers. And and how we stumbled upon that, I'll never know. Because I, I think we've had this conversation. It, when you look back, okay, so I, I will say this all the time, and I wonder if you feel the same way. If If I knew what I knew now over the last 10 years of being in this band, and then you started me again in twenty in 2010, and you said, do it again. I, I don't think we would get to where we are right now because I think even with all the big things you think of, there are those small moments that you don't think are big, but they are, and, and you don't realize like what those that. are. So I don't think we would be able to get back to this point, even knowing what we know now. Do you do you ever think about that? Is that a, is that a thought you have as well? Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I think everything's supposed to happen the way it does because that fumbling and the anxiety, the fear, the apprehension, like I think from that, it builds something great, you know, like pressure builds diamonds sort of thing. So I think the process of discovering yourself and trying things out is what really makes you who you are. So I don't think going back and trying to change it, I would have just started sooner. Yeah. Right. And like done everything twice as much. (laughs) That'd be the only thing. Yeah. That, that excitement of seeing when something works and, and, and noticing that you you've improved your fan base or noticing that more people have come to a show. That is a, that is a feeling that, um, is very hard to replicate. Can you hear that? Popular man. Oh yeah, that's that's my wife. Hey Miles, we'll talk to her some other time. <laughs> and she's so cool. Yeah, my, Miles is the best. My, Miles is, is almost. Awesome. I wish I could train her to quit her job to like do what you do for the band because I think she'd be well. At that. <laughs> she'd be a monster. I know. So last question for you. Not only are you handling, you know, content and and social media creation and stuff like that. You're also like the guy at shows that's showing up that's saying, hey. Where, where's the dressing rooms? Where is this? Like we, you're not following the contract. Have you had any, uh, crazy moments where you've had to really like show off your, uh, nice physique and, uh, and, and flex some muscles at all? <laughs> nice physique. Uh, yeah. At, at the shows, I'm pretty active and I, I love the being at the shows thing, yeah. you know, like production stage management, like the jitters before the show mm-hmm. and I've even so you still feel that too. You feel the same oh, thing that we yeah. do. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so much fun. So being at the shows is great. I, I've never had. We haven't had any issues with, you know, contracts. That we had <laughs> had some crazy fan instances that things were getting kind of rowdy. But yeah, do, do tell if if you feel like sharing. Do tell, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how many of them are appropriate for a <laughs> wide audience. <laughs> um, yeah, no. With I think the atmosphere that the twins give off and who they are it's just this very like wholesome you're gonna have fun we're all cool we're all friends thing so we haven't had like people screw us over on contracts or we've had some issues where we show up and you know they're way underprepared on the tech side right it's like uh we gotta address this (laughs) but we we always treat everyone with you know respect and and all that and things get resolved pretty well or it's like hey this will make for a fun story to look back on that that's that's crucial and i'm so glad you said that is is even when things are not what you expected or or somebody dropped the ball on something yell, yelling at them and causing a scene is not the way to go uh my uh power's going out here i think we got a big old storm coming yeah it just came through here yeah, well it's coming through we here like tornado sirens going off and stuff <laughs> well yeah and we'll end it with that but but like treating even if things aren't the way it should be treating people 
nicely to help getting resolved will, will go such a long way. And it sounds like I didn't expect you to tell me some story where you had to like rip your shirt off and Kick like start ass. kicking some ass. <laughs> cause I, cause that's not how you guys operate. So you just proved it right there. <laughs> uh, we did have a show one time where we showed up and they thought we were bringing sound equipment. Oh yeah. And, and they're like, no, it's in the contract. You guys are providing it. So <laughs> they did like an acoustic set, which was interesting. Which was and they so had another show where, they were out in Los Angeles and the, the host of the event said, um, or the organizer said, Hey, our host canceled. You want to grab that? Go ahead. Okay. No, you can keep going. All right. They had a event in Los Angeles where, um, the organizer said, Hey, our host, they were there just to play music. And they said, our host who's supposed to MC this can't show up. Can you guys host the event? And they were like, yeah, tell us what the organization's about. So within like 45 minutes, these organizers were like, telling them like, okay, here's what our organization does. Here's the sponsors to thank all this stuff. And they just grabbed the microphones and went out and emceed the show <laughs> and then played also. And they were like, yeah, sure. We'll do that. Awesome. man. <laughs> so we usually roll with the punches on stuff. That's the only way. Well, TC, man, we really appreciate you. you coming on the Iowa music podcast. Um, uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can um, check out B twins? Um, because I think whether, whether it's just during quarantine right now and you're, you're, keep, you're checking out their content, you're bored, or whether it's when we come out of this and you get a chance to see them, you, you really need to check them out. So, so let them know where they can find everybody. Yeah, it's uh, B, the number two, W-I-N-S. And we got every social media imaginable. Everyone always wants to say B2 twins. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> no, it's B2 B-twins. wins. <laughs> or B2 wins, yeah. But it's just, it's, it's pronounced B twins, but it's, they got cheeky with the English language and thought, why don't we spell it with a two instead of a T and now no one can find us online. Oh, really? I would think that you actually could find you online because it's it's, a mess. Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, people all the time. I can't find you. B2 twins. Like, awesome. Yeah. They're like B-E-T-W-O-T-W-I-N-S. No, not B2 twins. (laughs) 